think you're not afraid of the dark. If you think you have a strong stomach. If you feel nothing can shock you. If you believe you've seen everything. If you say you don't scare easily. What are they? this motherfucker <coughs> Mike Rips The Ranchless Podcast Not to be confused with Kevin Durant The Ranchless But we'll get to that later How y'all doing this week? Back for another installment Back to the motherfucking lab again Back to the hotel in too deep <clears throat> Back in the loft in Brooklyn You know how we do it I got my little fucking bullet bourbon shots I got my yingling 22 ounce lager 24, whatever the fuck. Doing my thing, y'all. How you been? How's it been the past week? Are you doing what you want to do? Are you accomplishing your fucking goals you set? Did you write it down on a piece of paper or maybe the notes in your fucking iPhone? <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I'm just back. I'm, uh, you know, adjusting back to uh, regular life and now newlywed married life, which is exciting. It's fun. I'm excited to be having nothing to do. This is the first weekend because last weekend was Memorial Day. Which is fun. It always is. An unofficial start of summer. Although it was like rainy and cold the whole time in fucking New York and Connecticut. But it is what it is. <sighs> married life. I'm a married man. And being a married man now, I'm like, yo, I really want to spice it up in the bedroom a little bit. We've been together six years, so, you know, I want to come with something new, some new tricks. And uh, I was talking to this with my buddy I work with. Uh, He's also married. I think he's been married for like a year and a half or two years at this point. And he's from Guyana. So he told me this uh, interesting Caribbean little secret trick that he told me about. So bear with me while I try and break it down for y'all. Maybe y'all might want to try this at home. So what you do is you get a fucking eggplant, right? You go to the grocery store, you get a fucking eggplant, okay? You put it on the stove, you heat it up to about lukewarm, not too hot, okay? And then you throw some porn on or something, whatever it is that, uh, whatever kind of porn you like, or whatever makes your dick hard uh, as far as porn, I don't know, girl on girl, BBW, POV, uh, I don't even know, POG, whatever your preference is. So whatever, you got to keep your dick hard. So you got your dick in one hand or just sitting there, but it's probably better to hold your dick in your left hand, right? You got your hard cock in your left hand. You take the lukewarm or the warm, almost hot eggplant and you just beat your dick with the thing slowly all around your dick, all around it. And it supposedly will make your dick fatter, according to my friend. And as he said, he saw results. He said, do it for about a few days a week, for about two weeks, and it'll add some girth to you. And Lord knows I could use some girth. 
So I don't know. Try it at home, guys. See, see if that works out for you. Don't heat up the eggplant too much, though, because you're going to be a fucking mess. You heat it up too much, and you start beating your dick with it, and the fucking eggplant explodes, and you got burning hot eggplant all over your fucking cock and balls. It could get ugly. You know what I'm saying? So that's just a new trick. Basically, beat your dick till it's about as round and long and purple as the fucking eggplant itself. So I don't know. I'm thinking about trying it. Uh, he told me about it a while ago, but since I've been talking to him about marriage, he's been there a little longer than me. He said, try that. So maybe I'll try it this week. We'll see what happens. Speaking of weddings, we ran into uh, my buddy that has the restaurant underneath the uh, fucking building we live in. He's from Israel, and uh, we hadn't seen him in a few months, and we were like, oh, hey, hey, what's up, dude? We just got married. And he's like, oh, great, blah, 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 Mazel tov. And he actually said Mazel tov in the fucking uh, Israeli accent, which sounded fucking crazy and dope. So he got married over in Israel, and he told us at his wedding there was fucking 350 people there. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, I don't even know 350 people. Like, that's out of control. So I started saying that to him. I'm like, dude, 350 people? That's fucking nuts. And he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, I didn't even know what was going on. He's like, no, but my cousin, while I was there, had a wedding with 550 people there. I was like, get the fuck out of here, dude. That shit's out of control. That's 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 so many people for an event like that, but I guess it's mad serious over in Israel. And I leaned over. Once he left the table, he gave us our blessing and everything like that. And he walked over to the table. I was like, baby, 550 fucking people? That's insane. I'm like, that's like more than a show. And she was just like, yeah, I know. I've been to your shows before. It's a lot more than a show. <sighs> She's always gotten on me. Got fucking jokes for days. Yeah, I tell you what, guys. Like, I, I've been attempting because I don't want to go into like the fucking first few months of married bod, you know, where you fucking gain 10, 15 pounds. It's like the freshman 15, as they say, for girls in college. But usually my diet is pretty fucking balanced, but uh, couldn't stop eating fucking shit like cookies and candy recently. I, I have stopped now in the last week, I'll be honest with you. But it's like I allow myself, even on a good week, maybe like two really horrible meals a week. Some shit from like Taco Bell, fucking Wendy's, White Castle is fucking my bane of existence. So, but last Thursday night I drank after I did the podcast, we were chilling, I cooked a healthy dinner. It was fucking salmon, brown rice, and uh, I think just broccoli, steamed broccoli. So that was good. But then I was like, oh, this isn't enough. I'm, I'm still fucking hungry. I need to go. I need to go fucking start. Uh, I need to go get some more snacks. So then I ate a bunch of junk food again. Like I said last week, I wasn't going to, but I did. I ended up doing it last week. I don't know. I think I got M&M's as per last episode. Check last episode. I think I had M&M's and cookies and all types of bullshit. I got so much bullshit. I ended up Taking, I ate a little of it that night and then took all of it to my parents' house for the fucking, uh, you know, Memorial Day festivities. But it sucked because I was planning on eating one of those bad fast food meals for, like, breakfast. Like, something disgusting, even to the level of McDonald's breakfast. The fucking Taco Bell breakfast is brilliant. The thing, whenever I eat fast food, too, it's like I have to get the meal. I have to get the fuck. You hear the, I don't know if you guys can hear that, but this time of year, the fucking bikes are out like crazy on this fucking street. Sorry. Fucking, uh, I always get the soda, too. It's the soda's really what puts it over the top. Like, sometimes I get to the deli and just get, like, uh, I don't know, like a chicken cutlet sandwich on a bagel, which is pretty bad, but it's not as bad as eating fucking White Castle burgers, fries, and fish nibblers, which I'm known to do. 
Again, always with soda. But I usually would get water if I'm not at a place like that. But I always get soda. But I couldn't do it on Friday morning because Thursday night I had to fucking go crazy on the shit and just lose my mind and eat donuts, fucking those little donuts, the Drake's coffee cakes, fucking donuts, those little fucking things. So good. Anyway, so I've been off it though since then. Even over the weekend uh, with the festivities, I didn't fucking binge eat at all. You know? One other thing that's been going on that's slightly interesting for me is this fucking, uh, been back on Jeopardy again every night. Not every night, like at least four or five times a week, either DVRing it and then watching it a little later or watching it right on time. I've gone through this my whole life because my grandmother, who I grew up in a house with her, shout out to Nanny, fucking, she watched this thing religiously since I can remember, and I remember watching it and fucking with it. And even back in the day, at one point, we used to go to my uncle Bill's house, who was actually a Latin teacher at the high school I went to. Shout out Mr. Merritt. We went to his family's house every year for the Super Bowl when I was young, and they had regular fucking, I guess it's 8-bit Nintendo, and uh, they had a Jeopardy game that I know nobody I ever met ever had a Jeopardy game before, but me and Twang used to go there and then play it with my cousins, bugging on the questions, like, trying to get shit right. This was like... Uh, Nintendo was already old, so I think it might have been like 96 or 98, somewhere around there we were doing that. But I've been back on Jeopardy every night, and it's so funny how these fucking pricks, they suck you in, they just bring you into it, because like, I remember when I first started again randomly, because most nights I watch Vice News Tonight, and that's on at 7.30, and I find myself often cooking dinner between 7 and 8, so... Fucking, I, one night I was like, oh, it's seven, Jeopardy's on. So I just put it on again. And I did okay that night. This was maybe two weeks ago. I did okay that night. And then I kept going back to it at six, because I'm always cooking dinner right at seven. It's usually when I leave the office after building for a while. So I'm in the kitchen again. I put it on. One night I literally did the double Jeopardy, the second round. I got only like three fucking questions wrong. I bodied that shit. And it must... And then, like, the week since that night... And I got Final Jeopardy right that night, too. It was just weird. I did really well one night. I don't know. The questions must have just been, like, geared towards me. Or I think there was definitely literature was there. I think there was some music shit. Uh, there was, they always do those weird word answer questions. Like, it's a puzzle. It's like a word puzzle. And those confuse me. I think I got at least, I always get at least the first one of those wrong because I don't understand how they're asking the question. The first, and you'll notice often the contestants get that wrong or just don't answer because they're confused about it. But yeah, I've been bugging on Jeopardy again, going fucking crazy. Like, some nights I've been doing okay, but nothing compares to that, that one night, which was, I want to say, about two weeks ago or maybe 10 days ago, 10 or, 10 days ago or two weeks ago, something like that, you know what I'm saying, but just keeping it a thousand with you guys, as I'm known to do, as I always do as I sip this yingling, what do you guys think about pulling out of the Paris Climate Agreement, this, this is something I'm so conflicted about, because I am, in my heart, I'm an anarchist, honestly. I am a more small government guy. That's why some cunts, some pussies sometimes start debating, you're, you're right wing or not at all. I'm as socially liberal as absolutely positive. I actually hate the thought of 
social conservative shit. I love the state of Texas, but like what went on there this week, I'm not going to get into all of that. But again, it's like uh, it's such social conservative policy, which uh, that's fine. I think I honestly think that and the left was against this until this fucking asshole got in White House um, that state rights state should have more rights we should just do that because like places like new york will be more to the left and places like texas will be more to the right and you can choose where you want to live and i know the answer you can't really choose some people can't choose where they want to live but that's where i start being like well then work towards where you want to live if i want to live somewhere i'm gonna work towards it i wanted to live in this fucking piece of shit i was born here and then i was living and grew up in connecticut lived in texas and lived in westchester new york but i eventually made it back here i'm living here i like it a lot anyway Pulling out of the climate deal, I'm so conflicted on climate uh, and shit with the government because I'd. The thing is, I'd rather have private industry deal with climate change and deal with green energy because private industry works more efficiently. If you've ever worked with any kind of public industry, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you've ever worked back-to-back with the two, private and public, comparing them, there's no fucking question. It's just, you're unrealistic if you say public runs more efficiently. It does not. There's no argument about it if you ever worked in the fucking, in that situation. But, my thing is, if the private industry isn't going to fix it, then that's probably when, unfortunately, we need the government to step in. And that's not to say that the governments, they're going to fuck it up. They're going to, because that's what they do. They're incompetent, and they don't know the value of money. That's why private industry usually works better, because their money's on the line. Like, with the government, it's not. That's why they just don't care. But regulations for some kind of climate shit is reasonable to me. This is one thing that I guess I lean slightly to the left on. But, you know, what the fuck are you going to do? Who gives a shit? Uh, most of the time, I'm small government. That's just my analysis of it at the end of the I don't want to pull out of this thing because it's like China's in it. And, like, it's funny, Vice News again. They ran an interesting story the other night being like, China's already exceeding what they planned. It's like it doesn't matter. They're polluting more than anyone still. So that was so ridiculous. That's, that's bordering propaganda. And I understand what they're point is they're saying they're doing better and we're trying to pull out of it i'll say this uh donnie and mike were we're not in fucking good company because last i checked and i might be wrong because it might have changed but last i checked the people pulling out of this thing or who are not in it is like nicaragua and syria that that's great company to be in so i don't know go fuck yourself suck a dick die slow i don't fucking know like what are you gonna do I think everyone should do their part individually. I guess this is where I become somewhat of a libertarian. Like, fucking, just do your part individually as much as you can. Don't litter. Fucking recycle anything you can. Do whatever the fuck you can on your own. Because you shouldn't depend on these idiots to get it right. Because they never, ever, ever, ever will. Has anybody figured out what confifi means yet? Such fucking nonsense. Fucking confi- it was a fucking uh, typo, and then the idiot tweets again trying to make it like, ooh, it's three dimensional fucking uh, chess. It's fucking chess. It's that other game that that fucking Watson beat the kid at the other day. Uh, Go, I think that it's some advanced version of chess or checkers, some weirdo shit. So fucking uh, confifi. That was the whole fucking thing. Like, now it's literally a conspiracy. That's how ridiculous we've gotten. The fucking moron, the president who's a fucking idiot, uh, like, he tweets something and puts a little fudge at the end of it, and fucking, the next thing you know, the whole fucking country is going ape shit about it. 
what does it mean? It doesn't mean shit. It means he made a mistake. And then, and then I think Spicer did something in a press briefing about it. It's like, is this fucking for real? But, you know, we could go on and on. We could play the back and forth game. Oh, well, uh, Obama's people did this. And oh, uh, Clinton and then Bush people did all. So who gives a fuck? Fuck it. Like, my thing is like, I don't like to play that game because it's like, let's just do better. Whether you're a Democrat or Republican, left, right, liberal, conservative, whoever you are, please just do better. Just and I, Now I sound like fucking Michelle Obama with Ellen or whoever the fuck it was. Uh, no, like, I don't mean like that. Just if you're in office and you didn't like the last motherfucker, try and do better. Don't sit and be like, well, the other guy did this. So, you know, it never doesn't sit well with me or any logical person. It should not. But enough of this fucking garbage. Let's get back to these pussy-ass New York Mets. <laughs> oh, God. They, they're just so back and forth day-to-day. These Brewers, I guess they lost a series because this afternoon they lost 2-1. And uh, yesterday they lost... I thought it was 7-0. I thought they got shut out. But fucking, uh, they lost 7-1. They won the day before in extra innings with a Bruce fucking hit. I can't remember kind. But, um, you know, it's still not over. They're 23 and 29. They're fucking six games under. I don't know. Do they have to go on a run? If they don't go on a run soon, it will be over. Because they're just dancing around. It's still early and they're not that under. Like, that's not a good spot to be in. But we'll see how it unfolds. Uh, What is it? It's June 1st today. So, June 1st, you know what that means. It's time for the first time we're going to actually see a competitive NBA game in the last fucking since uh, November, I guess. These fucking assholes. So stupid. Uh, You know, there were some competitive games that... uh, The first one with the Spurs versus the Golden State Warriors was quite competitive, but they lost and Kawhi got fucking booted from the game because of that Jaja shit. But whatever. Also, the Wizards and, what was it? The Wizards and the Celtics series was competitive, but, I mean, everybody knew this is where it was going, and we'll see what the fuck is good. I'm excited to see what happens tonight, because I honestly feel like if the Cavaliers want to win, they have to win tonight, because that will fuck up the Golden State Warriors if they win on their home court tonight, fuck them up, punch them in the face, come out with a fucking strong right, strong jab, It'll, it'll fucking go a long way. And I know everyone's going to be like, yeah, but well, last year they came back from uh, three down, three, three, one, which no one ever has. And, but if they come out tonight and make a statement and win, and I don't want to hear, oh, even if they have a good game, but Golden State wins on the last shot, it's bullshit. Fuck that. Like, the Cavs need to win tonight. I want to see him win. I don't like the Golden State Warriors. I did like them when Mark Jackson was a coach, and it doesn't have to do with Steve Kerr becoming the coach, but they, I don't know, they've just fallen out of grace. For most people, they're the heel in the country. It's fucking weird. It's because of fucking Draymond Green. I don't like that guy. He's a fucking asshole. Always talking that shit, sounding incoherent, fucking annoying. <clears throat> and that shit that happened with LeBron at his house in Brentwood where they put the N-word on his fucking house, it's just so ridiculous and annoying and stupid and I don't know. It's just terrible that that's what's still going. It's like sometimes I feel like we're past this or it's over just because, again, I live in New York. I grew up in Connecticut. It's like, you know, it was never really an issue with anyone I ever was around or grew up with. We like People don't think like that. And in L.A., I would assume the same, but it's probably some rich little shithead. Who knows? Who the fuck knows? Because, I mean, who would know in that neighborhood that where he lives and all that thing? But 
Whatever, moving on. What do we got? Last weekend, there was a fight. There was a fight last weekend. <clears throat> My dude, Errol Spence Jr., defeated Cal Brook. Also, my dude, for the fucking uh, IBF welterweight title. And uh, it was exciting. And Errol Spence Jr., I've been following him for a while now. The last two fights before this, I'll get into another shit before. Fucking the Algeri knocked him out. Bundu knocked him out. Which are both good fighters, but this guy's on another level, honestly. There's a lot of comparisons flying. It was a good fight. Let's talk about the fight for a minute. It was a good fight. It was crazy. Honestly, through six, it was fucking Cal Brooks' fight. Around in the seventh, it kind of, eh, eh. The eighth, it, like, Errol fell at one point. I don't know if it was a knockdown. I'm going to watch the fight again. I watched it live, and I, was, I scored it on a fucking card. And I had Kel winning till about the 6th or the 7th. I think I did, but it was some of them were tied to me. But around the 8th, 8th, 9th, 10th, and 11th is when it ended, fucking Errol Spence Jr., uh, he really went, and he, he sat there and took it for a while. And I was sad, honestly, because Kel Brook just fought... They're in my top three. My The last two fighters who fought was Gennady Golovkin, GGG, and fucking Errol the Truth Spence. I don't know why sometimes they call him Errol Spence Jr. or Errol Spence or fucking EJ, whatever. Anyway, Cal Brook is one of my favorite fighters as well. And in that welterweight division, I think he's the second best straight up. Like I said, I think I said it last week. And they were both ripped for the fight. Motherfuckers look crazy. But it was a great fight, and I honestly recommend anyone if you have access to Showtime. It's a short fight, too. It ends in the 11th. Uh, Kel, also, the other thing we want to talk about is Gennady broke, I don't know which one is which, I think Gennady broke the right orbital eye, or the left, I don't remember, and then Errol broke the left or the right, whichever, both got broken, and it's all fucked up, you know what I'm saying, but, uh, we can see what happens with Kel, maybe he could, uh, reinvent himself at 154, I want to see him fight Amir Khan, just because it's gonna be a fun, big fight for the UK, definitely, and I give it to Cal Brook by a lot, but it's going to be such a huge fight, it would be stupid for Amir not to do it, because they're going to make a lot of pounds each, uh, so, I don't know, I'd like to see that, or, there's th- th- a few things that happen for Cal Brook, everybody's thirsty for the Errol Spence Jr. versus Keith Thurman fight, which is naturally what's going to happen, I don't think it'll happen next, but real quick, let me go through this, Brooke right now, obviously, has to get eye surgery, and then I think he'll fight again. I mean, people are, he's in a tough space, as we're seeing a lot of people say, but this is what I think. He should either move up to 154 and reinvent himself, which is uh, a risk, and it's crazy, and, you know, the two Charlo brothers versus Kel, I don't know. I, I would have to lean on Jermel or Jamal on that one. Uh, who else is there? Julian Williams still, even though he got knocked out by Jermon Charlo, he's still there. Uh, Erickson Lubin, I think is, uh, I think that's his name. That one guy, he's fucking good. There's a lot of fucking lions there, so I don't know. Fight, what's his name at 154 or 147? I don't know. Uh, Amir Khan. One or the other. He needs a few fights to bounce back. But uh, Errol Spence Jr. now, he's going to have a homecoming fight for sure in Dallas. I would love for it to be at Jerry Jones Arena because this kid's going to be a star. He's going to be big. He's going to be big. I, I don't know if he's going to get to Floyd's level, but I'd like to see it. He's a good kid. You know, I love Mayweather just for the brash and everything like that, but this kid, he's a nice guy, and he's got power. He, he uh, There's rumors around he sparred Mayweather and that he gave him a black eye. Who knows if it's true or not? I don't fucking know. 
Uh, there's also the thing where he sparred AB about billions, Adrian Broner. And uh, he fucking uh, knocked him out. And supposedly Broner cried. I don't know if that's true. Speaking of Broner real quick, I'm going to try and steam through the rest of this so I don't get too crazy. Fucking Broner just signed the fight July 29th with my boy Mikey Garcia. Love this kid. Fight at 140. Last fight Mikey Garcia was in was a brutal motherfucking knockout. It's fucking brilliant. Straight up. Also this weekend, we got the uh, battle in Montreal. We got fucking Adonis Stevenson versus Azdredge Fanfara. I'm not that familiar with Fanfara. I know this is the second fight. Uh, Chad Dawson lost to this dude Fanfara, I think, last time. Peace to the fucking middle finger wave in New Haven. The kid, bad Chad Dawson. You know what I'm saying? Uh, So... We'll see what happens with that. That's Saturday night. That's in one of my favorite weight classes, the light heavyweight. Or of course, you have the two kings, Cove 11 Ward, which is coming on, I believe, June 17th, HBO, Boxing After Dark, pay-per-view. It's going to be fucking sick, that one. I'm going with Kovalev because, honestly, I know there's so much controversy about this, and Ward was beating him later, but the knockdown, I, I thought Kovalev won. I'm sorry. We'll see what happens with that. But that, that fucking division is stacked because you have Adonis Stevenson. You have, obviously, Kovalev and Ward are at the top. You got uh, Sullivan Barrera. You got that one dude, Alexander Zvodnik. I can't pronounce his fucking name. And you got my boy out of Long Island, Joe Smith Jr. He's a fucking, literally, he works as a construction construction worker still. If you guys remember, you probably saw it online. That's a dude who knocked, uh, you know, Bernard Hopkins, the alien, out of the motherfucking ring. Literally knocked him out of the ring. I love Bernard, so I'm not going to even go any further on that. But this weekend, again, showtime. I I love Max Kellerman and Jim Lampley, and I certainly love Bernard and Roy Jones, but that Showtime team, it's better than the HBO team. It is. So the movie I wanted to talk about this week real quick with you guys. Hold on. Let me take a fucking shot here. Hold on. Sorry, guys. Let me chase it. Oh, shit. Jason Bullet with Yingling. It's a fucking man's drink. Put hair on your chest, motherfuckers. So the movie I grilled this week that I wanted to talk about was so fucking brilliant. And I'm such a fucking bitch for sleeping on this for the past eight years. Dead Snow. Norwegian film. More or less about zombie Nazis. Uh, but let me tell you about like the history of this. Like, okay. This movie came out, and I was watching way more indie horror shit at this point in my life. Lately, I gotta be honest with you guys, I've been sleeping on movies more than I used to. I'm just so fucking busy, and when I sit and grill a movie, I like to I like to turn my phone off. I like to, nothing but the film, take the entire thing in. Okay, and I don't have as much time to do that anymore. But, I used to watch like 20 movies a week, 20 new movies I hadn't seen before a week. Now I'm at like... <laughs> Four or five, maybe. Sometimes three. But regardless, that snow is fucking amazing. And Rich, piece of filthy Rich, told me about it years ago. And I was like, oh, so... And I think maybe I might have slept on it because I thought it was more just like a horror film. It's like a horror action adventure movie, which is one of my favorite fucking things. I'll try and give you a brief synopsis without giving any spoilers. Basically, these kids in Norway... It's in Norwegian real quick, so you're going to have to read subtitles if you watch it. It's on Netflix for free. Anybody with Netflix out there, if you haven't seen it, watch this fucking thing. It's great. They basically go up to a cabin. It's one of the dudes... It's a 
like three dudes, three chicks, or uh, maybe three or four, I don't remember, and fucking, they're going to one of the other dudes' girl's cabin that's in the mountains in Norway. Shot beautifully. I, I'm assuming it was shot on location. I think it was. It's fucking awesome. And, uh, they go up there, and then, of course, you know, of course, the usual kids going to a cabin thing. It's just, it's a cliche, but it works brilliantly. We see it. Of course, the king of all time is Evil Dead, too. I enjoyed Cabin Fever. That one thing, Cabin in the Woods, from a few years ago. I mean, it's at April Fool's Day. I don't even know. I mean, Friday the 13th is almost like that, you know? There's so much shit like this. I, I could talk and talk about it without giving any spoilers, but, you know, it goes crazy. There's so much splatter in this motherfucker. And there's some other weird gross scene that has nothing to do with the zombies and shit that I would like people, if you watch it, to check out. But it's a Norwegian horror film. These Norwegians are fucking awesome because around this time, another film came out that I really enjoyed that was called Troll Hunter, which was almost like a Blair Witch Project kind of, where it was kids with camcorders and shit like that. But uh, they were filming trolls and they used like CGI and maybe some practical for the fucking troll shit. But um, it worked well. It was dope. Troll Hunter was dope. And uh, I don't know, around this time, Dead Snow came out. This is from 2009. When I talk about movies on here, I enjoy doing these ones that are somewhat recent cult classic. This is an instant cult classic. Like, And uh, Richie told me about it years ago, and I kept sleeping on it. I never fucked with it. And then uh, recently, Nicky got Netflix maybe a year ago, and he freaked out. He lo- My father is Nicky. He fucking free- loves Netflix. He's so obsessed with it now. But he watched Dead Snow and he's like, oh, Michael, you have to fucking watch this shit. Fucking, uh, because he's like, oh, it reminds me of Ash. And it, one thing it definitely reminded me of, uh, is Evil Dead 2 meets The Thing. John Carpenter's The Thing. Because, not really too much The Thing, it's definitely Evil Dead 2 homage, but, uh, the fucking John Carpenter shit. Like, it reminded me of that a lot because there's one scene where one of the guys has a torch in an underground thing and it reminded me of McCleary fucking under there looking at, I think it was the spaceship in the Thing movie by John Carpenter. All right, one more thing before I be out. Uh, the album I want to talk to you guys about this week recently came out. It uh, was released on May 5th, 2017 at the drive-in Inter Alia, fantastic fucking album. This 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 band's first album since uh, Relationship and Command, which came out in 2017 years ago. This is post hardcore shit. Like I love this band. Actually, this is a weird time for me. I want to give some context to this because uh, my brother. My younger brother, Twang, and his boys loved this shit when it dropped. Their video that got really big at the time was one Arm Scissor. I don't even know. Maybe 120 Minutes was still on at this point, or MTV too. I don't even know. But Twang and uh, Fetus and Rob and them, they were uh, they were obsessed with this shit. And I, was, I liked this band. They ended up liking a lot of other bands in the future that I don't hate, but I just I was not too into. But fucking... Uh, at the drive-in, I always liked, and then I got deeper and deeper into them. And uh, this is the first At the Drive-in album since Relationship of Command, which I find to be their best album, which has One Arm Scissor on it. I love Via, I love In Casino Out, both of them. It's like it's like straight fucking post-hardcore shit. It's obviously influenced by Fugazi, from what I can tell heavily. Sometimes I'm listening to the two bands back to back. Some of the not the 13 songs, the first two seven inches, whatever, but the fucking, um, 
the later Fugazi shit repeater and like steady diet of nothing and red medicine and then some of that in Casino Out and Via. That shit sounds somewhat similar. Also, the later Bad Brains material, you can tell they're influenced by that. Quicksand, uh, I think they were out at the same time as Quicksand because they were. The one thing that's weird to me that I never knew until somewhat recently is that. The Relationship Command was the last album by At The Drive-In, and then the In Casino Out and Via, and the, I think there's shit before then that I'm not as familiar with. That was from the 90s, and that shit's fucking fire, but Relationship and Command is uh, my favorite album from this band. This new Interalia, real quick side note, Relationship and Command has a feature from the god Iggy Pop which is brilliant. And the way Mark described, I think Iggy either was in an interview he saw it or fucking he read an article where Iggy was like, he was just in the studio and he heard it and they saw him and they're like, oh, Iggy Pop, what's up? And then fucking, uh, they were like, yo, Iggy, do you want to get on the record? And Iggy was like, yeah, man. So, I mean, Iggy Pop is my version of Elvis. He's my John Lennon. He's people, he's the godfather of punk rock, as they say. But to me, he's the god of rock and roll. You know, he's he just invented the style of rock. And obviously, these guys like the Stooges and the MC5 a lot. They remind me of the MC5 a lot. Their stage show and their shit. And the hair looks like the MC5, too. But this... Inter Alia is a motherfucking brilliant album, and I honestly really hope... They haven't missed a step at all, and I'm assuming they're in their late 40s at this point, or at least mid-40s. It's fantastic. There's two videos. There might be more, but I saw two videos in the album. Hold on, let me peep this track list so I can get this fucking right, because, uh, yeah, uh, the video for incurably innocent that was kind of like an animated video and that reminded me of some david lynch shit but the video for hostage stamps it's like the old tool videos for uh what's it called sober and prison sex with the weird i don't know if it's claymation or stop motion but it's fucking dope this album is brilliant uh I don't get to experience a lot of modern rock that i like uh there's not much I could go on and on about bands. That I, the best modern rock younger guy that's out to me is Gary Clark Jr. But then I like shit like MGMT. They're kind of older now. And fucking uh, Fits in the Tantrum. And uh, I don't even know. M83. Some of that shit. But this is an older band that dropped a new album. It's always going to hit. It's going to hit a certain watermark for me. But yo. Check out the Errol Spence Jr. and Cal Brook fight. If you have Showtime on demand or Showtime anytime, peep Dead Snow if you have Netflix, and peep that motherfucking at the drive-in new album Interstrally Inter I can't even Interalia. Till next week, peace, y'all.